What's up, family? Welcome to Speak. It's about to be the greatest show of the week. I'm Emmanuel Acho. That is NFL insider Dave Hellman. Dave, I love your hair. Wow. Yeah, Thanks, a little, man. A little extra something. All, little credit extra to the, all credit to the people downstairs. It credit to the people downstairs. That is Joy Taylor, and this is Eagles. Wait, you love my hair? Wait, wait. <laughs> I complimented I, you off camera. It looks great. You going to tell the people? <laughs> what am I going to tell them? Your volume's up, ladies and gentlemen, and your remote's down. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Awesome. He forgot it that speed. one time, and he's uh, never going to forget it again. This is speed. You did great. Okay. Oh, look, what else I got to tell the people is there's a huge game this weekend, and I mean huge. Cowboys, Vikings, it truly does not get any bigger than that. Six and three versus eight and one. That Prescott... First, Kirk Cousins, two of the winningest quarterbacks over the last five years. But here's what I found interesting. Only one quarterback gets the benefit of the doubt. And the other quarterback, well, he just gets doubt. Right. Think about it. Dak Prescott's best season last year. Oh, he balled. Boy, he balled. 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns, Ooh. 104 passer rating. That was Dak's best season. But you realize that was just Kirk's. Last season. Ooh. See, Kirk Cousins does not get enough respect, ladies and gentlemen. Kirk Cousins, his last season, 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven picks, pass rating nearly identical. Dak's best season was just another season mm. for Kirk Cousins. See, now I also think about what happens in the playoffs. What happens versus playoff teams? You've got to realize that because these are two playoff teams. Well, Dak Prescott, since 2019, He's 4-15. Kirk Cousins, since 2019, he's 8-18. So the gap is not as wide as you think. One quarterback, he just gets doubt. Another quarterback, he gets the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Dave Hellman, I'm coming to you. You were in Dallas when Dak Prescott was drafted. You've watched a lot of Dak. You've watched a lot of Kirk. The real question is this. Who is the better quarterback? Because they got a huge game this weekend. It's Dak Prescott. The beauty of it is that they get to play on Sunday and settle this. Yes, they do. And it's the whole thing with the Vikings. Like, go earn some respect. They're in the process <laughs> of doing it. But when you're talking about what they've accomplished to this point in their career, I go Dak every single time. And, I mean, I can, I can just pull up numbers that back me up. Kirk is a very good statistical quarterback. Like, his, his numbers are good. He was the NFL completion percentage leader yeah, yes, in 2015. He can play quarterback. It's about what have you accomplished. I mean, I, I can just go down the list here. Dax, and this is a three, this is a three thirty game, right, Joy? It's a game that a lot of people are going to be watching. This isn't this isn't noon, Kirk. Cowboys play in quite a few. Points. This ain't noon, Kirk. Yeah. Dax's record in prime time is eighteen and ten. Eighteen. Cousins' record in prime time is ten and eighteen. Mm. How about how about this? Okay. Playoff teams, another, another telling metric people talk about all the time. What do you do against a good team? What do you do against a team with a winning record? I said this yesterday. Most quarterbacks have a losing record against teams with a winning yes, record. It's hard to beat those teams. Dak is 18 and 24. It's in not, his career? In his career. Yes, sir. It's not a great mark. Kirk's record is 10 and 40. <laughs> 10 and 40? It's 10 and 40. I'm sorry, I wish I could laugh like a that. quarterback. It's 10 mm -hmm. and 40. I mean, I, I can go on and on. There's also, there's head-to-head. -head. These guys shared a division for a long time. Mm -hmm. Kirk went 0-4 against Dak when he was in Washington. He did beat him in 2019. He beat him in 2019. That's fair. Actually, the Vikings and Cowboys have played four years in a row. Got the best of Dak in 2019. Or, excuse me, this will be the fourth year in a row they've played. Beat him in 2019. He's 1-4 against Dak all time. So, I mean, head-to-head -head speaks volumes for me. And the funny thing for me is they played in 2020, 2021, Dak missed both of those games. Kirk still lost to Andy Dalton and to Cooper Rush. So, I mean, just like when you're talking about accomplishing things, they got the same number of playoff wins. Kirk has been a starting quarterback in the league for longer. 
I don't like. I mean, where do you want to go with this? Because pure, pure, st- like if you're just talking statistics, Kirk can throw the football. It's just about like what what have you accomplished and who do you feel better about with the know, game on the Dave, line? Dave, if if I don't know if Andy Dalton and Cooper Rush having beat Kirk helps or hurts your argument. Meaning being the Cowboys are beating Kirk Cousins without Dak Prescott, so is it actually Dak Prescott that's getting it done? But the real thing I have is focusing more on what have you done for me lately. I think about Kirk Cousins in Washington, much different player. Now, to Dave's point, in Washington, Kirk led the NFL in completion percentage. Okay. Kirk has also led the – not led the NFL, but Kirk has had a 70% completion percentage three, three times Dak Prescott has not. I do hmm. believe Kirk Cousins is as good, if not a better quarterback, than Dak Prescott. Shady, what do you think? Well, first of all, <clears throat> I like Kirk a lot better. I think Dak is good, but I think Kirk is a lot better. You talk about this wins and losses, right? Joey always talks about the, the, the regular season doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers is the greatest regular season quarterback of all time. Mm-hmm. But the playoffs, that's what counts, right? So, I mean, Kurt's one and two in the playoffs, and Dak is one and three. So let's, just keep, let's take them games out of it. Let's go to the stats. One guy has more Pro Bowls, has more yards, has more touchdowns. One guy has less, and one guy has played with better talent. Hall of Fame players, Ring of Honor players. Well, Kurt hasn't. So when I look at the, when I look at the game and I watch him play, I love when I see Kurt Cousins. When I see Dak, it's like, okay, ah, ah. Now, granted, I will say this. They are in the same boat. Yeah, same I, I think boat. they are, are so similar. I think, like, Dak and Kurt could hang out, and you could switch jerseys and, and wouldn't switch. Know, wouldn't know and you wouldn't know who it is. So they're very similar. I just would take Kurt before I would take Dak. I like the guy that throws the ball better. The guy that throws the ball better. The guy more, that's more stats, more yards, more. The guy that's got hundred picks and one hundred and thirty-seven. More Pro Bowls, more stats, more yards, more touchdowns. I'll take that guy. Do a lot of Pro Bowls. I don't know. Picks in hundred and thirty-seven mm. career games. Joy Taylor. Oh, the t- and the last part is oh, I'm sorry, one more last part. one. The difference is between, between the two, and why I give Kurt the edge is because I feel like when Dak came to the to, to, to the Cowboys and they made him the starter, like they rallied behind Dak. He's our guy. Jerry was the first one. I love I love Dak, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Where Kurt. He was always that quarterback was where he was like, we like him, but we don't love him. We're not going to gravitate to him. We're not going to make him the face. We're not going to add pieces to him. They never did that. He was like always a bridge quarterback. I feel like now with Minnesota where he's 8-1 and and Dak is 2-2, two two, which that matters because this year matters, they're kind of like making him the focal point and going through him. So that's the biggest difference between the two. Yeah, th- I think this year will be either the biggest validation of Kirk Cousins or the biggest indictment True. of Kirk Cousins. Mm. You can't have Justin Jefferson out there on the field playing the way he's playing and not have any success in the postseason. If you really like that. Now, I like Kirk Cousins more than most. One, Kirk knows how to make money. Get paid. That man plays the game better than, than anyone I've maybe ever seen it for, for <coughs> being a guy who is very similar in talent to Dak Prescott. Kirk Cousins is not a spectacular quarterback. Mm-mm. But that doesn't make him a bum either. Not at all. Now, I go with Dak because of, of the main thing that Dave just mentioned. Dak is more of a winner than Kirk Cousins. And you can talk about the talent that he's had or the division that he's been in and all these other excuses. You think quarterback's a win-loss statistic? Absolutely. Then Dak's a better winner. Yeah. That's just what it is. And Dak pretty much only plays in primetime games. True. And he wins a lot of them. The 10 and 40 statistic, the reason I laughed the way that it is, because I didn't know it was, I didn't know it was that bad. I mean, no, I knew it was bad, obviously. This is why it's very hard for me to put any kind of faith in the Vikings. I didn't know it was that bad. Some of that is when he was on some bad Washington teams, but the numbers yeah. speak for themselves. Either, the, either after it a while. is a winner, a quarterback stat, or it's not. I think there's more nuance to it than that, of course, because as you just mentioned, maybe you're on bad teams, maybe everyone's injured. Who knows? But 
if we're going to compare the two with just those statistics, you've got to go Dak. But I'm with you. I think they're very similar quarterbacks. They're very similar. It's the primetime thing that always gives me pause. But where I will give Kirk a lot of credit outside of making money is what Washington has been since Kirk Cousins left because they played that whole franchise tag game with him and they wouldn't want to compete, commit to him and he's not a long-term quarterback. Since Kirk Cousins has left Washington, they have had Alex Smith, Taylor Heineke, Dwayne Haskins, Carson Wentz, Kyle Allen, Josh Johnson, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Colt McCoy, Garrett Gilbert, and Mark Sanchez. Mark were there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Start games since Kirk Cousins left, and they have a 29-46 and record. So where you leave and how it is when you're gone matters as well. And that's where I have to give Kirk a nod is that he he would have been – Washington would have been better keeping him and paying him rather than playing that game. And that dude knows how to make some money. Do you you factor, like, the the team – bad teams or good teams? Or you don't care about that? Just wins or losses? I think we should, okay. but we can't okay. pick and choose. We can't make wins and losses a, a quarterback stat for one quarterback okay. and then not for another because there is Washington's nuance like, to it. Yeah, but, but Dak yeah. played on there. Oof. But, we, but you, you, gotta, you either got to do it or you I don't. I think wins and losses are a quarterback stat, and I, I think the law of averages will average itself out. Right. Kirk Cousins is a winning quarterback. The biggest knock on Kirk Cousins is the primetime game knock. Yeah, yeah. Biggest knock, and rightfully so. It's a big knock. <laughs> but it's actually a meaningless knock the more I thought about it. Here's why. Primetime games, based on the statistic, games will start at 8 p.m. Eastern or later. Those are primetime games. Yeah. But y'all do realize you can play every playoff game and the first half of the Super Bowl not in primetime. The NFC Championship game last year wasn't in primetime. The Super Bowl kicked off at 6.30. Ah, not in prime. You, you, know, you, so, know, you know damn well that's not we're what that not, He doesn't lose it's, his it's, powers it's, after dark. Yeah, that's not what we're that's talking, about. talking about. But statistically, that's what you're talking about. No, so we're not. You, Who do you play in prime time? I'm saying this. Who do you ten, play in prime time? The 10 and 40 stat, Joy, is based upon the 8 p.m. prime time metric. So if you want to tell me that Kirk isn't good against good teams, okay, we can have that conversation. So what, Kirk needs LASIK? No, I'm saying I don't, I don't subscribe to the primetime metric. I subscribe more to the playoff team metric. Yeah, I care I about think that. That, that, I care about that no, to no, me no, means more than the primetime cool. metric. Okay. With, but with, who, more, 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 often than, more often than not, who are you playing in primetime? The network set the primetime game. Some of it's divisional games. Some of it's guys that get traded. Other it's what? typically good team against good team. That's what, not what, true. Matt, to me, that's, that's not always true. You know, no, it's, not. of course, it's not always true. But that is the goal. The goal is to put the good matchups okay. in the windows when the most people are going to watch them. So the Broncos play all year on primetime. Because people thought the Broncos were going to be good. People thought, but it wasn't a good team. It wasn't a good team. They weren't a good team. So we can't talk about it. My thing is, we, we can't like make this big thing about primetime games. The big thing is the, is the playoff games. Okay. That's what matters. Well, if, if, if playoff games, he's got the same exact record as Dak. Right. Better than Dak, but it's comparable, right? One is 8-18 eight and 18 since 19. One is Or she's talking about in the playoffs. In the playoffs. Oh, in the playoffs. One, 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 like one, yeah. one, 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 one is one win. One is one and three, okay. correct. Yeah. So, so they're even in the playoffs okay. mm-hmm. for win-losses. Right. So then you have to go to the regular season if you're going to continue to evaluate, right? Well, I mean, you go to everything. You know, number of stats. One has better stats than another one. If that matters. How much does that matter? To Wait, does that matter? I don't know if that's... Does it convert to wins? I mean, it's hard to go wins with, with the Washington Redskins at the time. Like, it's... They've always been bad. Since I've been there, since you've been there, before I was there, he's they've a, always been bad. He's a rare quarterback to hit free agency. And, and I, I mean, I'm not going to defend the Washington football let's hear, team. Let's hear this. No, I don't think they should have let him go. He hit free agency and was a mega free agent. He was a centerpiece signing... They made the playoffs as a wild card team once, and they're on track. They are on track to win their division in his fourth year? Yeah, fourth or fifth, yeah. 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 Is that – I mean, you talk about Dak justifying his contract. Is that 
Is that what you're signing up for when you give a quarterback that amount of money? A right. lot of it guaranteed. Hey, come be the star of our free agent class. Be a free agent signing that's going to change well, the game. Well, well, first, well, one wild card appearance, I, I, and now finally in your fourth year on track say, to win the division. Wouldn't you say this, though? Once you find Kirk Cousins is a quarterback. He plays on offense. The Vikings finally have an offensive mind in Kevin O'Connell, and now you're seeing to some degree the offense take greater steps than when they have a defensive mind in Mike Zimmer. Wouldn't you try to equate that to when you finally give an offensive player an offensive mind seeing what happens offensively. I mean, yeah, and I support the hire. I love the Kevin McConnell hire. And, and they've put pieces around him, and, and it's working. But let's not act like the Vikings didn't have talent before this. See, this is what I don't like. I don't like how a dude like Dak, when he walked into that team, they was loaded. They was set. Were they not set? They were. The, the okay, most but they've the turned that roster over like three God, times. But don't since you think, then? Dave, the most telling thing is the fact that the Cowboys, I believe, were 15 and 1 in their previous 16 games prior to Dak showing up with their starting quarterback. Romo was 3 and 1 before he got hurt in 2015. Right. Yep. Yes. And the Cowboys yes. were 12 and 4 in 2014. So Dak Prescott went to a team that was 15 and 1 in their previous. With players. Okay. Games. With linemen, with running backs, with wide receivers, with tight ends, with Hall of Famers. Yeah, they, were, they were set. They all are fixated on some old stuff. Like, 2016 is a lifetime ago. Agreed. What happened Agreed. after that? Like, it sounds really good to be like, Dak had a ring of honor receiver in Dez Bryant. Dez Bryant was off that team a year later. They cut him after the 2017 Outside, season. Outside, though, of the 2016 season, I would argue that Dak's career is very average. But that's why I don't want to disregard it. Because outside of 13 wins and three... Did you say average? Yeah, because, I mean, outside of 13 wins, outside of one of Dak's two Pro Bowls, outside of Dak's MVP votes, that's why I'm I'm keeping it in to help Dak Prescott's argument. Because if you take that away, you have an eight-win season, a 10-win season, a nine-win season, and last year's 12-win season. But if you're arguing that, how are you arguing that Kirk Cousins has not had the exact same career over the last few years that Dak has. Take out since Washington. Just Correct. remove Washington yeah. and compare just it's Minnesota. It's very comparable. I'm with you. I think they're very yeah, different. Now, I, I just take Kirk. I would, you say, take I would say Dak. Kirk. I think this is your preference. I would take Kirk over Dak. I mean, he throws better balls. He's more accurate. But I would say this. They're the same. Like, it could be a tie. They're very similar. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to sit here and act like I'm just like, Dak occupies this different yeah. stratosphere. It, if if Dak wants me to say that, he's got to play better than he is <laughs> right now. I'm still taking Dak, though. We will find out this weekend. Well, coming up, a little basketball news. One of the greatest players the NBA has ever seen, Kevin Durant. He got very fired up when the word leadership was mentioned in an interview. You have to hear what KD said next on Speed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back, y'all. Now, the Nets are off to a rough start this season. And it's no surprise, a lot of the attention is going to fall on Kevin Durant. KD was asked about his leadership in a recent interview, and he did not hold back, saying, quote, I'm not a leader? What the bleep does that mean? A lot of people say I'm not a leader because I didn't tell Kyrie to get vaccinated. Come on. Or I didn't condemn Kyrie for leaving the team, going out and living his life. I'm not about to tell a grown-ass man what he can and can't do with his own life and dissect his views or how he thinks about bleep. Post quote, I like KD getting a little bit spicy. 
I do like it. I don't necessarily agree with it, but Joy Taylor, I like it, I like it, I like it. Where do you stand on KD's response about leadership? I mean, I agree with Kevin Durant. Here's the thing about Kevin Durant. We know KD a little bit at this point. We know KD's personality. We know what KD is. KD's a hooper. <coughs> That's what he wants to do. He wants to play basketball. And everybody doesn't have to be everything to everybody. That doesn't necessarily mean you're not a leader. Right. On the court, you can lead differently than you lead off the court. The only issue I have with it is that life doesn't happen in a vacuum. The whole world is not on this court. There are things that happen outside of the sport that can cause distractions for what we do here at work. It's the same thing in every workplace. So I don't condemn KD for wanting to be who he is, especially when he presents this way all the time. Be authentically who you are and be the leader the way that you want to lead. My issue with, the, with this situation, and it has always been the situation, is I'm really tired of considering the Brooklyn Nets to be a contender. They're not. They're not a good basketball team. So maybe we all just need to free ourselves in the same way that KD clearly has from these shackles of the idea that they are a contender and that we should have any expectations of Kyrie whatsoever. That's essentially what he's saying. Why is it my job to watch Kyrie all day? Why is it my job to see, check what he tweets, to make sure that he goes and gets vaccinated? Why do I have to carry that burden of another grown man when I'm here to play basketball? I hear you. In the same breath, I'm not playing this game with the Brooklyn Nets anymore. I don't need to do that. I can separate the two. I can enjoy watching Kevin Durant play basketball. The other night, they're playing the Sacramento Kings. Turn it on. Oh, Kevin Durant. I'll watch a little Kevin Durant. Oh, they're down by 30? <laughs> well, we'll keep it on for some that white noise. Happen. Okay? It's, it's fine. Some white noise? Yeah. It's fine. I can just, you know, I'm CKD, and that's fine. Enjoy watching Kevin Durant play basketball. And then there's teams I turn on and watch because I know I'm going to be seeing them in the postseason. Yep. This is a different, different kind of experiences. I think, Joy, it's very convenient right now for KD to say this. Like, I like that KD finally said something with his chest. I don't like what he said, but I like that he said. I think it's convenient. Like, KD, unfortunately, you do not have the luxury of not being a leader. You do have the luxury if you go to a team that is littered with leaders. Draymond Green, Steph Curry, Steve Kerr. Then you have that luxury. But at the point in which you choose to go to a team in Brooklyn that has no other leader, and you choose to partner up with Kyrie, who is not a leader, and you choose to partner mm. up with Steve Nash, who has shown no head coaching leadership ability, then KD, you got to lead. Now, where I to some degree disagree is, I don't know that there are a plethora of leadership styles that work in sports. I haven't experienced all of them. I think to some degree, you lead by your actions, you lead by your speech. The greatest leaders I've ever encountered do a little bit of both. The greatest leaders I've witnessed, Ray Lewis, Tom Brady, in my college career, Colt McCoy, uh, in the football field with the Eagles, Jason Peters. The greatest leaders I've witnessed do both. You lead with your words and you lead by your play. KD, I don't think he has a luxury, Shady, of just tapping out and saying, hey, I can't tell somebody what to do. I'm not supposed to do all that. I agree. You can't tell somebody to get vaccinated. You can't tell somebody what they can and cannot tweet. But I think it's very convenient for KD to tap out of what might be the greatest responsibility outside of getting points. I won't say tap out. This is what I will say. I love the response. Now, I want you to be honest to, to America. Yes, sir. Was I a good leader? Be honest. No. I want a good leader? Okay. You got, you got but, crazy numbers, though. But when I got busy, did that, did that help lead the team? Did that help it get y'all motivated? Win. It helped us win. There you have it. So <laughs> leadership is all different, right? I wanted the most rah-rah guy or, you know, I'm, we had to be there at 1 o'clock. I might show up at 12.58, which I'm different now or on the 102. show. Or 102. That's who I was. But, but you weren't a leader. But I was a different type of leader. No, you weren't a so, leader. 
I was a different type of leader. You weren't a leader. <laughs> when I played and I got crazy work and I got busy, it helped y'all out. Like, damn, you see Shady doing, let's go. Put your helmet on. I got you leading that way. <laughs> when, I, when I look at KD, I liked it because it, it shows he cares. Like, he's ticked off. I, he keeps hearing about how he didn't drop the bus, how he's not a great leader. That's all you hear about. Yep. So for him to speak out, I loved it because he actually came out uh, recently and talked about his uh, trade request. I don't know if you guys seen it. And he was saying one of the issues he did have with the coach was, listen, I want to practice, right? We don't do, they don't do a lot of practicing. He said, I, wanna, I want the coaches to push me. Make me be great. If, if your, your player in what, his 15th or 16th year mm-hmm. in the league is telling the coaches, I don't want no days off. I, I don't want no, no walkthroughs. I don't want no shoot-arounds. I want practice. We have to get better as a unit, as a team. So if a guy like that is saying that, that's not leadership. He might not be yelling at Kyrie or going publicly saying, do this, do that. But leading like that, saying we need extra work to get better as a unit, as a team, that's real leadership. I'm happy he finally spoke out about it. I'm going to get back to you later. Dave? <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm not going to hate on KD because what, like, what I always say is, like, I, I appreciate authenticity so much. And regardless of how people feel about it, Kevin Durant is his authentic yeah. self. Like, right. he's going to say what he thinks. He's going to tweet what he wants. Like, you know, he's tweeting about Texas basketball. He got a big win the other <laughs> no, night. No matter he's, what burner account it is, you know, he's he, well, he, he might have used to do it on burners, but now he just does it on his own account. Right. He's just like, KD. he'll answer people on Twitter. <laughs> like, I love the authenticity. I love that he is a real three-dimensional human being. But when you're like one of the three greatest players walking the earth, and the best player on your team, and for the money that you're playing for, like, isn't that part of the expectation? And I'm glad you mentioned Tom Brady. An interesting part of the quote is he's like, people don't need to know everything I say to my teammates. And that's true. As long as there's some element of it happening, what, like earlier this week, I don't know why he did it, but Antonio Brown posted the text from Tom Brady. Looked like a damn novel. Tom Brady basically saying, you're messing up. You're, like, going down the wrong path. I'm worried about you. You're not being accountable. All the stuff that Shady always tells us Tom Brady does. We didn't know a word about it until Antonio Brown posted it. Like, was he trying to make Tom Brady look bad? I have no idea because he made Tom Brady look very good. (laughs) Like, you can be a leader without – like, I don't need you to get in the news, but I want you to – care about whether or not your teammates are available to help your team. I want you to do that type of stuff. So, like, yeah, yeah, Kevin Durant, like, you can't make another grown man, like, you can't tell another grown man what to do, but you can try to inspire the behavior that's going to lead to winning. And I think that comes with the territory when you are Kevin Durant. Like, we universally acknowledge him as one of the best living basketball players right now. Like, it can't just be like, yeah, I'm going to work really hard in the gym. I'm going to put up shots. I'm going to do my thing. Like, that's, that's not good enough when you're Kevin Durant. But to your point, we don't know the conversations it's that true. had It's totally Kyrie, true. Kyrie. And, and I have to put myself in his shoes, and I can admit I'm a little bit of a KD apologist. I think it's ridiculous, the narrative around Kevin Durant's career, that he didn't earn the status that he has, that he just went to a loaded team. Like, they didn't just lose the year before and ask right. him to come. Like, right. he, he begging to come. Begging to come. Like, he wasn't right. the one who won the, the finals MVP in those championships. Uh, he, he won what he won. He is who he is for a reason. I don't know why everyone feels the need to take that away from him. I also don't need people to be what they're not. True. When we look at the greatest leaders in the history of sports, there's not that many of them. Like, truly unanimous great leaders. Tom Brady. Everyone feels Tom Brady's a great leader. Yeah. Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan. Who else? Everybody yeah. didn't yeah. always love Michael Ma- Jordan's leadership no. style. He punched Steve Kerr in the face. There were done. a lot of questions it about that. Okay, but like, it's not like everybody always agreed with it. Kobe Bryant, right? 
Mamba yeah. mentality. Kobe wasn't always the greatest leader. There was a there was a legitimate shift in Kobe's career that made him someone that could relate and have conversations with other players and lead them. That's true. A big part of that was the Olympics. Yeah. Being around other players, having that community of players. So I don't need Kevin Durant to be anything other than what he is. Would we like this situation to be different? Sure. But once again, he went to a place that has no culture. It has no backbone. Michael Jordan had Phil Jackson, one of the greatest coaches of all time. The Warriors have Steve Kerr. Kobe Bryant also had Phil Jackson. Like, all of these, uh, Bill Belichick, Bruce Arians, like, there are pillars that hold you up. It's not all Kevin Durant's responsibility to make sure that Kyrie Irving is there. I, I agree to some degree. Again, it's one of those things where, Shady, like, you've been in the situation where, though Joy, though myself, though you, though Dave might not need Kevin Durant to be somebody he's not, the team in this instance does. I've had coaches come up to me and be like, hey, big dog, you're the senior now. Like, I need you to step up into this leadership role. At Texas, we went to a national championship my sophomore year. Junior year, we struggled. Senior year, my brother departs. Hey, Acho, it's on you now. I don't know if Chip did this to you or not. I don't know if Deuce Staley, the running back coach, did this to you or not. But I would assume maybe Howie, maybe Jeffrey Lurie, maybe Chip, maybe Deuce, at some point in time came up to you and said, hey, I need you to lead those guys. It happened to me when D'Amico Ryans, our starting backer, went down and I had to step in and start. So though I wasn't supposed to be that guy, there comes a point in time where I need you to be. If there isn't another leader, Joy, this is when I'm like, KD, if no one else, it's got to be you. Michael Jordan did finally get Phil. But when LeBron looked around and didn't have his coach as a leader, when it was Ty Lue, when Ty Lue at the time was most famous for being stepped over, it was Bron Bron. Now, retroactively, we know the stories of Ty Lue leaving money in the ceiling of Golden State and saying, hey, we're going to come back right. here and we're going to get it. Right. Retroactively, we know those stories, but yeah. it was Bron. So I think... KD has to be he's somebody he's not, has to be somebody he's not if they are ever going to win. But I do feel you if you don't think they're going to win. Where do you I mean, stand? But like, how do we know he's not a good leader? They, they create this narrative. Well, how do we know he's not a good leader? Like, well, okay, when the COVID thing hit, yep. right, and we had the quarantine, et cetera, uh, our first year, it, it was weird for us because we'd never been through it. So I remember, like, certain players got vaccinated, certain players didn't. And it's hard to tell somebody, like, hey, you need to get vaccinated. Like, how can you do that? That's a weird, that's an uncomfortable, weird place to be in. awkward situation. And I remember certain players, they had, it was like a couple of them, they didn't believe they wanted to get vaccinated. And other players like, listen, we got to do this to win a championship. This is what we got to do. So it was awkward. You, people believe in different things. So you, it's hard to tell. And we know how Kyrie is. Kyrie thinks outside the box. He thinks what he wants to think. How can you tell another? I don't condemn KD for the Kyrie. So like, like, I feel you so on that. My, I don't right, so where else is it that he's not a leader? I'll give you three examples. First, think... first example, I'll go back to when he went to Golden State, and I okay. believe it was September 27th. So we're going to go back some time. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'm going I'm to go historically on oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to go back to Golden State where he literally said, I'm glad I don't want, have to be the leader. I don't want to be the leader. So I think he was saying, there's so many as veteran players that take the game serious. We could, Joy always talks about the franchise. They, that's a real franchise. Okay. So they had probably had a couple leaders. Yep. Steph, Steph. is different from Draymond. Of Draymond. course. So they, it's a couple leaders so now there. let me talk okay. body of work. Okay. Body of work to me. Body of work. Great I, one. I do not think that a leader would allow several relationships to dissolve. I don't think a leader would allow the Russ plus the Draymond plus the Harden plus the Steve Nash plus at this point the Kyrie relationship to dissolve personally. We've seen Jordan have some okay. relationships dissolve. Kobe and Shaq relationship dissolve and then thankfully they rekindled later yeah. in life post-playing career. Kevin Garnett, we saw relationships dissolve, him, Ray Allen, etc. We've seen a relationship here and there dissolve. But 
To have a relationship with Westbrook dissolve. Westbrook. Then a relationship with Draymond dissolve. Then a relationship with Steve Nash dissolve. Now watching this relationship with Kyrie Irving dissolve, that's when I'm just like, clearly, you are not agreeable. But you name, you name Ru Russell yes, Westbrook. With VC, he could be hard to work with. Oh, no doubt about right? it. Team huddling up, he on the bench. Okay, all right. He his own people working with him, they always talk about how he's different to work with. Okay. Who else you said? I said Draymond. James, hold up. James Harden? Yep. Do I gotta talk about that? Do I need to talk about James Harden? That's a no, no, we, we don't. Okay. Yeah, yeah, All right, yeah, who else you say? Draymond. <laughs> oh, my God. He kicks you, punch you. He do everything. He, Draymond's a wild dude to work with. That's one of my favorite guys. I said Steve Nash. I mean, I, would you play for Steve Nash? Well. I wouldn't uh, play for no Steve apparently, Nash. Apparently, a lot of people would like to play for. Really? Unqualified people. Oh, so, <laughs> oh, oh. So, so, so I don't know if we can use Steve Nash. But, but those four guys, like those guys, are hard to deal with. I just think everybody, Shane, Michael Jordan, get along with everybody. I just think, and I'm gonna, go I'm gonna come at you personally because you're my dog. Right, I right. think that people that do not want to be leaders change the standard for leadership. Like you, self-admittedly, were not a rah-rah guy, so yeah. you're like, yeah, but I led in my own way. No, you just weren't a leader. Now you got, you were, when it, you were maybe that's, the most that's talented part, player I've ever of, played with. But you weren't a leader. And KD is incredibly talented. But he's not a leader. That's not part of leadership? No, getting so, buckets individually is not part of leadership. What, what, what is that? That's doing what you're paid to do. That's, leader, that's leadership by example. I'm going out there getting buckets winning games for us I just while think, you I don't think doing that everything leadership right. Leadership can be defined. Uh, leadership can't be defined by a few very limited examples. And we have many more, obviously, throughout sports if we start really talking about and digging in guys who've been leaders through you know, dynasties and whatever. <laughs> but I just think there were other things in place as well. It wasn't like they were the only, like KD is the only solid thing in the organization right now. What is he yeah. supposed to do? Like he's talking about the lineups. He's, <laughs> look, yeah. look what's happened since he's gone there. You, if you can blame KD for choosing this destination. Mm -hmm. That I can, a conversation I can have. But outside of Kevin Durant, He's the only constant in this organization. But He's the only constant. Don't mention the lineup. We have the you have the quote here. Christ I think it's fascinating. Dory, let me ask you about this, because y'all got the quote. Let's, let's store it in the big board. Kevin Durant calling out his teammates. He says, look at our starting lineup. I don't know if it's called out. Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Claxton, and me. It's not disrespect, but what are you expecting from that group? You expect us to win because I'm out there. We've talked about Aaron Rodgers. We've chastised, condemned, scoffed at, and ridiculed Aaron Rodgers for insinuating he's talking about receivers. Right. Kevin Durant gave government names. Yeah. Edmund Sumner, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris, Claxton. He gave government names. Y'all called out Aaron Rodgers. Where is the energy for Kevin Durant? It's, it's different. Explain why. He's just saying, listen, with this roster, what you want me to do? That's all he's saying. Because I'm here, you want me to win? Where Aaron was like, these guys can't play. They can't catch. That's what he's implying. That's what he's no, insinuating. No, no. It's therefore they losing. He's just saying, listen, these are the cards I was dealt. What y'all want me to do with them? It's different. It's, it's how you say things. Yo, every I, hold on, hold on. Okay. Every, every I want to hear from both well, of y'all. Every, every interview that Aaron Rodgers had, he's hand pointing. It's this fault. It's their fault. It's their fault. It's this guy. It's but that he guy. He called out government. He's just saying, like, he called out government. I'm just saying, I, I, I respect that because it's like, what y'all want me to do with this with this team? But, but our, 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 our co-star. Never plays. The third star we got, we, I mean, he don't even want to shoot. He don't even want to play. Ben Simmons, he hides out. So what do you want me to do with these other guys? That's a real question. <laughs> but you shouldn't say it out loud. Joy, joy in the I mean, day. I, I, I think I could keep the same energy for KD calling out his, his teammates. But where I would defend KD over Aaron Rodgers is 
the Green Bay Packers are a respected organization with the same head coach. With the, uh, they are a legitimate organization. The Brooklyn Nets are like, they sell snake oil in a farmer's market. Like, you don't know when you're going to see these people again. But what's that got to do with Katie saying that? Like, I don't know if you he's the one. He is everything. He's everything in that organization. He's got to be the face of the organization. He's got to show up every day. He's got to perform so well that he has to overcome a, a roster that shouldn't be put together. He's got a new coach now. Kyrie doesn't play. James Harden left. Steve Nash wasn't qualified. Apparently that doesn't matter, but he wasn't qualified and it didn't go well. Ben, ben Simmons doesn't play. Ben hides out under the bleachers. Like Aaron Rodgers isn't dealing with that. No, no, he is not. I agree. I agree with Joy just in the sense of that's a lot to overcome. But that's uh, only like yeah. a third. That's like a one fifteen. Can, you, know, can, can you just say the same thing without listing out the roster and being like, yeah, what do you want me to do with these guys? The other guys are at least rookies. That's these guys are, are vets. What can I do with these guys? <laughs> Jordan can't win with them, dude. Can't you just wouldn't say that? A leader wouldn't say that. Real, Jordan would. Jordan definitely would. Jordan would. We got to go. Kobe would. Kobe would, too. Aaron Rodgers is trying to get the Packers Shady back on track. <laughs> but is he the most important person to Green Bay success? Green Bay has a huge game tonight, and we're going to tell you what it would take for the Packers to win. That's next. Be a great conversation. Aaron Rodgers threw three touchdown passes in the Packers. Big win over the Dallas Cowboys with 28 million people watching. Green Bay now four and six, but can win back-to-back -back games tonight in a huge matchup against the Titans. Packers are favored by three and a half points at home, according to Fox Bet Sportsbook. Shady, I'm coming to you first. Everybody talks about Aaron Rodgers, rightfully so. But is he actually the most important person to the Packers? Eh, no, he's not. Why is everybody talking about Aaron Rodgers, right? Who should we be talking about? Aaron Jones. Why not? He, he, him and A.J. Um, Dillon are carrying the team. They're carrying the offense. Last game, they beat the Cowboys. Right now, Dak played terrible, which is not surprising. But anyway, he played bad, and the Cowboys' defense was trash. Right? They ran the ball up and down the field. Aaron Rodgers took a couple shots deep, but in the third quarter, he only threw about, what, 11 passes? That's, it. That's how they win the game now. This is the most conservative offense I've ever seen in, in, in history when it comes to the Packers. They're very conservative. They run, 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 take a shot deep. Mm. So, yes. The key to winning this game tonight Jones. is Aaron Jones, Dillon. AJ Dillon, and less Aaron Rodgers. Wow, Dave, can I go? I can go next. Please, that's the truth. This is the perfect week. This is the perfect week for this argument. Who are the Packers playing? Titans. Who runs the ball better than the Titans? Eagles. Nobody. Nobody in the league. Eagles. Derrick Henry. Okay, and we'll get to that. <laughs> Titans have run the ball better than anybody in the league for a while now, right? Derrick Henry's the man. They ever looked like a true Super Bowl contender to you? No, sir. Do you take them seriously this year? No, sir. Why is that? Ryan Tannehill? Is it because they don't have a, a signal caller? They don't have a guy to pull the trigger under center? Yes, sir. Yes. The Packers' key to success is to keep doing what they get, did against Dallas. The run game is the engine of that offense. You still need a competent driver. He completed 70% of his passes for 200, uh, 224 and three touchdowns. Made some vintage Aaron Rodgers throws. Like, he made some very nice throws. You still need that. You don't win the Super Bowl in this league. You don't make a playoff run in this league without a quality quarterback. So, yeah, it's, it's still Aaron Rodgers. Again, this is not the Packers of even last year, but certainly not the Packers of five, six years ago. It's a lessened role for Aaron Rodgers, but if they're going to turn their season around, he's every bit as important as he always was. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to suspend reality to begin with to say that they're going to turn their season around because I don't believe that that's possible. But 
It's got to go through Aaron Rodgers. I agree with you. The run game and what they look like in that Dallas Cowboys game is probably how they will have the most success. Mm -hmm. But because it's Aaron Rodgers, they're not going to do that. You think Aaron's going to just decide that that's how he's going to play? He's going to be happy with that? That's going to be the challenge. We know what Aaron is when he's not doing Aaron-like stuff. He got better. He got better uh, shade face than me. And maybe, that's hard to do, honey. Maybe he watched the tape on Monday and was like, "Damn, this looks pretty good." <laughs> I don't know. Well, the last six we'll, games. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, you can compare the yeah, tape like, and see what works. I forgot about all them picks he's throwing. Yeah. No, I, I didn't. Lost in a row. I didn't. But that's part of the reason why I say it has to go through Aaron. You're the back-to-back MVP. You're the best player on this team. Comparatively, still one of the best players in the league. Right. So if you're not going to play well, you're going to lose. It doesn't matter how well you run the ball, because at some point you are going to have to throw it. Right. Now, it's, it is encouraging that Christian Watson had the game that he had in the last game. I don't know if that's repeatable, but we'll see, and it has to start with this game tonight. I think the most important person to the Packers' success is the person she just named. I think it's Christian Watson. What people don't realize, the Packers had 10 offensive drives last week against the Cowboys in regulation. Christian Watson dictated 50% of them. First drive, the Packers did not get points. Why not? He dropped two passes as the Packers were rolling. By the fourth drive, the Packers did get points. Why? Touchdown pass. Sixth drive, Packers got points. Why? Touchdown pass. Eighth drive, Packers got points. Why? Touchdown pass. There was a drive in the midst where he forgot to look back at the ball. He didn't catch what would have been a touchdown pass. Out of 10 drives... The success of Christian Watson, not Jones, not uh, Dylan, not actually Rodgers. It was Watson who's dictating the Packers' success. I would go as far as to say, and you were absent when I brought this up, I would go as far as to say Christian Watson dictates the trajectory of the Packers' season. It truly seems outlandish. Let me try to break it down. The very first pass Aaron Rodgers threw through this season was dropped. It was this pass y'all are looking at right now against the Minnesota Vikings. He beats future Hall of Famer Patrick Peterson, and Christian Watson drops that pass. Packers go on to lose to the Green Bay Packers. They would have tied that up 7-7. Seven to seven. Why is that so important? I'll tell this story, then I'll move off this mark. Shady, you were with me in Philly in 2013. Odell Beckham's rookie season, Dave Hellman, correct? 2013. Uh, Odell, 14, I 2014, believe. Odell's rookie season. Odell played six games before the catch, the three-finger catch. He played six games after the catch. I saw Odell twice that year. Most fascinating thing I've ever realized statistically in sports. His six games before the catch, he had two touchdowns. Five catches a game, 44 yards a game. His six games after the catch, he had 11 touchdowns, 100 yards a game, 10 catches a game. What changed for Odell Beckham was making that catch. Joy made a point as she just ended her note. Hopefully, Christian Watson is going to be different going forward. I think he may have made his catch when he made that over-the-shoulder catch against the Dallas Cowboys last week. Aaron Rodgers has spoke about that leading up to this game, how big a catch that was because uh, Christian Watson was not used to making catches like that. I think Christian Watson's actually the most important person. No, no shade. That, that was a great take. No shade. Like, you really researched that. I like that. <laughs> Do you know last game, right, they had 39 carries to the run, running 39 carries, and they had 20 passes. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, they, they just ran the ball the whole game. There's no passing. There's no Christian Watson. Now, granted, he got them open passes. Why did he get that, Acho? You know football. Why? Yeah. If you're playing the run. Run, 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 run. Oh, let's take a shot. He got man-to-man coverage. Ew. Ew. <laughs> so, I think it's like, and I, I hate to, like, call Aaron Rodgers out, but it's the truth. We can't forget about what he's been doing lately. Picks, picks, and more picks and losses. They finally run the ball well. They go for 200 yards. Let's add that, too. They ran for 200 yards. I don't know if you guys knew that. 200 yards. It's hard to do. 
Both of the running backs, first of all, Dylan is going for like 4.2 a carry. That's hard to do in the NFL. By the way, I had 4.6 in my career. I don't know if you know that. Good looking at him. And then Aaron Jones is going for 5.9 a carry right now. That's running back. That's running back like, like Emmitt Smith, Jamal Charles type yards per carry. So, yes, I think Aaron Rodgers has to play good, play better because he's Aaron Rodgers. But the key to this, this team, it's done with Aaron Rodgers. It's a running game. I think we're sort of saying the same thing. You're just downplaying the importance of the quarterback too well or too much. Are we? You only got to make a handful of throws a game. But who do you want making them? The back-to-back reigning MVP or Jordan Love? And that's not to call out Jordan Love, but that's the other option. Okay, okay, Kevin Durant. I'm dead serious. I'm not his teammate. I'm, I'm a guy on I mean, TV. I mean, I mean a, a star quarterback should do that. Like, Jimmy G does that. I mean, a lot of quarterbacks that just make a handful of throws. Run, 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 run. Okay, here and there, take an arrow, take a shot, and, and complete it. Tannehill, they want to play the, t- the Titans? That's all they do. But my question is, if you run into a team that can stop the run. Then what? Then what That's the do? question. And that's why I think it's Aaron Rodgers. So, hold up. No, 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 no. When that happens, right, and you stop the run, He's going to be the same quarterback he's been for the last six games. Loss, picks. But wouldn't you say, to me, to, to me though, 2-5, before I take us home, the reason he was that quarterback was because he didn't trust his wide receivers, his receivers weren't running the right routes, and his receivers weren't catching balls. You, the same you see thing, that? You blame everybody but him. No, no, no. Detroit Lions was all him. Detroit what, Lions what, was all what him. What about the other games? You, you, you showed week one clip. I think about the game. I think about the game after the Lions, prior to the Cowboys. No, the game before the Lions, when Sammy Watkins isn't even running a fade route. And he's calling a fade route. Like, I'm thinking about that. Think about this. Wow. If Christian Watson played like Christian Watson, the Cowboys blow them out. Christian the Cowboys, Watson is a rookie from a, North Dakota correct, State correct. University. So that's what I'm that's saying. A back-to-back league MVP. If, if, he, plays like, IUP if he plays like that rookie, the Cowboys blow Shout them out. Shout out IUP. Cowboys were up 7-0. Then Christian Watson has two drops on the first drive. Packers miss his 54-yard field goal. Cowboys go down the field. If Dak doesn't throw that pick, it's 14-0 so has in Aaron, route to a route. Has Aaron been playing bad? I want you to say it right yes. now. Tell, yes? Yes. He, guess but what? He's been playing he's been bad. bad so keep, come on. In large part due to his wide receivers. All right. So he, he gets no blame for it. No, no, I didn't say that. He's been you looking. First of all, I've been watching Aaron. I've never seen him look at the rush so much. He's worried about getting sacked, getting tackled. He's holding the ball more. He's trying to make extra plays. Like, this is – I've never seen Aaron do that. He lets the game come to him normally. But how did – is it a coincidence he looked good last week when Christian Watson had his best game? Well, they ran for 20 yards, Acho. Sure. Right? So, when you play playing man <laughs> coverage, you run around the ball. The safeties are up now. The linebackers are up. They worry about the run. And then what happens? They're on <laughs> – Come on. That's, that's – yo, the best thing for a struggling quarterback or rookie quarterback is what? Okay. A great running okay. game. All that. Well, coming up, we got to talk about. Oh, yo, this is my favorite segment of the week. It's time for crazy work. Oh, let me stretch. Oh, let me, let me Shady stretch. Loose. I got to stretch. Let me get loose. Shady about to go through ooh, the players ooh. are giving cats crazy oh, work. And then talking a little bit of Justin Fields. Don't go anywhere. That's next. Be. Yo, don't say crazy work to add Justin Fields. That's my fault. That's my fault. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Don't. Yo, it's time for the most talked television segment in all of the land. It's time for crazy work. LaShawn McCoy is going to highlight the plays from Week 10 where running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks are giving defenders crazy work and making them look silly. Get crazy, let's go, baby. Okay, so we're going with uh, number, number, five. Number, oh, five. number five. Number five. Number five. Number five. Number five. Come on now. Justin Herbert. Can we show him? Now look at this play right here, Herbert baby. giving crazy Herbert. work. Now look, in the pocket, a lot of pressure. Now that San Francisco pressure is, is different now. Watch him, <laughs> watch him in the pocket. Now watch him. Let me show this crazy work. Right? Jump to the side in midair. Look at that dagger. You, look at this ball right here, man. You don't get this. This is like Lexus and Madden. Wait. That's crazy you work. You can crazy work passes now? Yeah. He's the first it. quarterback now. That's crazy work. Okay, number four. We going with my boy Cook in Minnesota. I love Cook, dog. Check him out. 
against Buffalo. Look at this long run though. See, Mama Auto, Mama got two, she got two of these boys. Look at this speed though. That's getting run away from the cut speed right there. Now check him out. Now it's a tight game right here though. But check him, it is blocked up well. He's racing right to the left, made a jump cut, and then excuse me. I like that one. Take it to the crib. Who number three, big dog? Who number three? JT, let's go JT. Let's go to them coach. Just Saturday, let's go to them coach. Let's go with Jonathan Taylor. Put him on. Now listen. Look at Matt Ryan. Look, young boy, run this way. Okay, got you. Okay, okay. It's a foot race. Now, number 30, just stop, man. Come sit down with us, because you know you are not catching that boy. He's been hurt all year. Ankle looks good to me. Look at this jump cut. That's that. That's clinic. That's breakaway speed, That's clinic tape. Wisconsin, right? Wisconsin. Where they get these boys at? Okay, 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 okay. We're going with number two. I love this catch. Stephon Diggs. Now, Josh Allen, we know you've been struggling, but all you got to do is follow this wide receiver. He goes to the right. He sees him. Arrow, look at the God, vertical. Walmart, and then look at the spin. That's crazy work. Now, listen, Lakers. I know y'all struggling, and he's about with this type of 40. Look at the hops. Hey. Look at the hops. Give me that one. That's, that's crazy work twice from the same that's game, crazy though. Work, that's same crazy game. work twice from the same game. But hold up. Let's stay in the same game. Same game? We want to go to number one, the winner. Justin Jefferson. Now listen, show the tattoo, Dave. Flash the people. I can't, man. LSU <laughs> Tiger. Let's see this. Tigers. This might be the best catch I've ever seen ever. in my whole entire ever. career. Ever. Odell Beckmore has to be him. Look at this crazy work. Four for 18. Kirk nah, Cousins back there. Where is he at? One hand. Give me that. Bring it in. That's called crazy work. Now listen, show the grill. Crazy work. <laughs> First step. Hey, what Justin Jefferson get for listen, me? You get this hoodie, man. Now listen, post my hoodie, dog. I'm giving you the same grill, touchdown, Kirk Cousins, LaShawn McCoy to Justin Jefferson. Let's get work, crazy work. And then you bounce in the end zone. <laughs> hey, I love it. Let's bounce over to set. Shady, that was incredibly well done. Justin Jefferson, congratulations. I had, I had to Tigers. Well, speaking of another dude who balled on Sunday, though it was not necessarily in a win, Justin Fields from Jefferson to Fields. Justin adjusted. Justin Fields has turned things around and turned a lot of heads recently. He's on pace to set the NFL rushing record by a quarterback in a season, but it could be coming at a price. Fields said yesterday that he's lightening his load in practice because things are starting to take a toll <coughs> on him. The Bears just lost to the Lions on Sunday. Shady, get your bearings, big dog. Get your bearings, drink your water, hydrate. Make <laughs> oxygen. I need an oxygen tank. You do. I will go for 75-yard touchdown, longest run I ever had. And I say, where's the oxygen tank at? And they come bring it to me. <sighs> we need that for the set. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we have the budget. I'm going to give you a moment, Dave. I'm actually going to come to you on this one. Is Justin Fields' historic season a good thing? Yeah, it's a great thing. It, I mean, like, we're finding out what Justin Fields can do. Look, this is part of his skill set. We've known that since, forget Ohio State, we've known that since he was at Georgia, when that's all Kirby Smart had him do as a true freshman. This is, it's an undeniable <laughs> part of his game. And here, here's the thing for me, man. He didn't start running this often until later in the season, right? He's on pace to finish with the same number of carries as Lamar Jackson did when he won MVP. Did we worry about that? No. This is part of his game. He's 23 years old. Did you ever feel good in November? <laughs> Seriously. Did either of you ever feel good in November? Well, He's got heavy legs. Everybody's got heavy legs. Like, yes, yes. He needs to do this at this stage of his career if the Bears are going to continue to be successful. Get in the cold tub. It'll be okay. I love it. Joy. No, I don't think it's a good thing. Oh. Here, here's the problem that I have with it. While it is, it's a good thing that we know he can be an electric runner, you need a dual-threat quarterback. He's not a running back. He's a quarterback. So this should be an addition to his game. Right. Now, I understand he's had no other choice, 
But if you're going to lose games, which keep in mind the Bears are still doing despite this statistic, Mm -hmm. if you're going to lose games, you should lose games, in my opinion, developing his passing in the NFL. We know that's where his game is lacking. We know he can run the ball. But you should be calling passing plays for him. You're losing anyway. Now, I know this is probably a little idealistic of me. It's probably not real. Guys want to try to win. I get that. But if you're the Chicago Bears, your goal should not be run Justin Fields until his legs fall off. Your goal should be let's develop Justin Fields in this second year as a passer now that we know he can run the ball this way. And they're simply not doing it. And what's more concerning is in college, in his his career at Ohio State, he had 5,373 passing yards. He had 867 rushing yards. He had a balance of the offense. So why are you not doing what he, what he did in college? Or why are you not pushing him into that space? So is it just that Justin is bailing on every play and running? Or is it they're not calling the game properly for him to develop him as a player? I agree with you. I, I don't like what Justin Fields is doing, particularly for this reason. Well, first, I like that Justin Fields is finally getting credit, right? Cool. Congratulations. But here's my biggest fear. Like, I don't like positive reinforcement to negative action. I don't like that at all in life. If somebody does something bad and then you positively reinforce it, they're going to do it again because we all like positive reinforcement. So, Justin Fields, you rushing for 178 yards in a game, hey, that's great. But long term, that's probably not going to do you very much good. Joy Taylor just said something interesting, but she says it also during the week. If you are a better version of you in college, that's not the Justin Fields we're seeing. Justin Fields was more closely related as a quarterback by play to Dwayne Haskins than to Braxton Miller. So Justin Fields is not this runner. Right. 585 yards in the last five games. He had 485 in 14 games his second year in college. He had 380 his third year in college. They're treating Justin Fields more like the Harrison High School quarterback than the Ohio State quarterback. Chime in because I'm interested because I got more, but go ahead. Break it down. Do you want me to list off the receivers that were getting separation at Ohio State? Like, that's the other side of it. Like, no, I don't want to call it easy. Like, he was incredible at Ohio mm-hmm. State. But, like, the passing game was there for him. He had guys who were getting separation. So then don't you think that furthers Joy's point before we get to you, Shady, is I want to see you, Justin, develop into that player at Ohio State that you were. Now, you do not have uh, uh, Garrett Wilson. You do not have Chris Olave. You do not have Marvin Harrison Jr. You do not have Ebuka. Like, you don't necessarily have those guys. And more than you not having those guys you're not facing Rutgers defensive backs. That's really what it is. But I don't like it because you brought up Lamar Jackson. Lamar ran for 1,600 in college, then 1,570 in college, and 960 in college. That ain't Justin Fields. Correct. Justin Fields be passing, big dog. Like, he threw for 40 touchdowns and four picks in a season. I want to give Shady a chance, but I have more to say here. 2-5. You want to go first? No, go ahead. He's still recovering, in all honesty. You want to go? How long are you going to take? Here's the the thing for me. The reason why this is encouraging is, like, remember, it it feels like ancient history with what Justin's doing right now, but, like, we – they looked so bad early in the season. Would you rather say drop back, read the field, and and find your open guy? No matter how hard that is to do. Like, if it's not there and you're not getting passing yards and you're losing games 12 to 7, which they were – or you say, but they're still losing games. But th- at least they look competent doing it, and he's growing as a player and get, like but having me, some wins. Let me ask as- you though, Dave, transitioning tangent, I'll come right back quickly. Basketball. There's a reason so many of our dominant big men aren't great shooters, free throw shooters. They don't have to be. Giannis has talked about it. Giannis was 6'11, 250 pounds. He ain't got to learn how to shoot. 
because he can score without doing it. Shaquille O'Neal, et cetera. My fear is this. If you are so good running, then you might not have to develop that other skill. We overlook completely <clears throat> the terrible pick six Justin Fields threw before the 67-yard scamper. You don't overlook it. No. But the world does not show you all the pick six he threw to Jeff Okuda that really cost him the game. We only talk about the 66-yard scamper. So, Dave, where, where I worry is like, yo, this is all fine and dandy, but we, I don't want us to ever forsake the fact that it's going to be imperative for him to throw because he can run for 70 yards on the You know what? Line. I always take your, your, your saying you just said about college players. They are, and they go to the NFL, they are who they are, but it's more elevated in the league. That's a great point. Okay, real quick. This guy, Justin Fields, I, I hate to do this, but I got to do my job. Do job. <laughs> I got to do my job. So, I, I do think it's great that he's, he's put up these numbers. I think records are supposed to be broken. He's breaking records. He's setting records. So I agree with that part. But to give your legs a break, my man, <laughs> throw some passes, read some defenses, like, that would help you out. If your legs are sore, which they probably should be sore, you're doing a lot of running, you make a lot of plays, but you're tired. You're, you're tired for fatigue and tackle. Throw the ball. Let's read a little bit. I, I think that they're doing a good job of bringing him out the pocket, some more quarterback-driven plays. But let's not forget, a lot of them passes, he's just running. I'm out of there. So let's not blame the, the team for that. That's him. And then college, you can't just go out there. You, Ohio State has all the best players. Alabama, uh, Ohio State, they get all the top guys. You can't just do RPOs the whole game and beat teams. You're playing yeah, against I mean, the Yeah, it's, it's, it's a different game. Come on, and, so but that's, uh, that's what I think. He's to elevate his game as that's, quarterback. I, I think he does need to elevate his passing game for sure. But I think what me and Emmanuel are trying <clears> to say <throat> is you got to push him into that. Allowing him to bail on developing as a, a thrower because he's such a good runner is not helping him in development, and it's not helping term. you as an offense in the long term. My fear with Justin Fields has always been from the very beginning that this is not an organization that develops quarterbacks. They haven't had a, fran they haven't had a Super Bowl winning quarterback since 1985. Like, they, 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 they haven't had a franchise quarterback. Since Cutler. It, since Cutler. Yeah. And sure, if you if you want to say Cutler, like that's a little edgy. Cutler I think was, I think Bears fans would probably disagree with you there. Good. He, he good. hasn't had. Wow. They have not had somebody a franchise guy in decades. And a part of that is because this is not the brand of the Bears. They care about defense. They care about running the ball. Like it's this tough Chicago. Like there's a reason why they haven't joined the modern NFL with a quarterback. So my fear is this, like, encouraging this style of play is great for records, but this is not how you're going to win games. We got another great one coming up. That might just be his talent. We got another great one coming up. She makes a great point. The Bears have never had a 4,000-yard passer in the history of football. Well, coming up, the Broncos thought they had their franchise guy in Russell Wilson, but, yo, he's been stuck in a mud, still do. We He got a must-win game coming up. We're going to talk about it. That's next. Come on, Russ. Let's head to Denver. Got to talk about these Broncos because it appears Russell Wilson might miss out on the playoffs. Things have been bad. And nobody is talking about this future Hall of Fame quarterback who is struggling immensely. I believe it was 10 points they put up on offense on Sunday. Three and six, that's the Broncos' record. Russ addressed it yesterday saying, quote, first of all, I have to play better. Next up is a matchup against their division rivals, the two and seven Raiders. Joy Taylor, Sunday a must win for Russell Wilson. The Raiders. The autumn wind is a pirate. <laughs> We need, we need to do our job. Uh, yes, this this is obviously a must win for the Raiders or for the uh, for the Broncos. It's a must win for both, but obviously for the Broncos. The Raiders season's over. Uh, it's a disaster, and it looks like the Broncos season is as well. But the Broncos have kind of conveniently been, you know, it's kind of like Homer Simpson back into the bushes. <laughs> like, yeah, we're yeah, gonna right. stick out of the 
just a little bit. A lot of that's been they've been out of prime time and out of our faces for a little while, which has been nice. We haven't had to watch this offense. But, yeah, you can't lose to the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders just lost to the greatest coach in the history of the NFL last week, so maybe they're not as bad as we think Colts. they are. Mm-hmm. But you do, you do have to have a better performance. And, you, and, and offensively, you've got to do it as well. We have been giving Russ a little bit of a pass, and it's, it's probably a little unfair. The expectations should have been very high from the very beginning, and they were. And I think because we haven't had to watch them in prime time and standalone games and suffer through that together as a football community that we've kind of backed off of it. But Russ needs to be held to a, to a higher standard than this, and they really need to win this game. 2-5. Must win for Russ? Must win. I think we look at the Raiders team, first of all, they're tapping out. That's a quarterback crying, talking about the culture of the team and the franchise. Yeah, it's bad. Your, your best player is like – Wants out. Yeah, it's like, if we can't win and, and put things together, I got to get out of here. Why am I even here? The coach – McDaniels will never do well outside of the, the Patriots building, mm-hmm. right? So, like, these guys are ready to quit. I think now you look at Russ, this is a game that builds confidence, right? Now, I think, that, you know, this year they might not get there, but they still have a shot to still fight. So, hopefully, you know, Russ, this, you, you, you can be, have building blocks, you know, step, step to get closer to where you want to be at. I mean, it's a must-win game. I'm sorry, but wasn't must win a few weeks ago for this team? <laughs> like, look, the, the Broncos got a big win against Jacksonville. They went on their bye, and we, we talk about it all the time. It's like, oh, they're on their bye. They can tinker, and they can fix things, and they, maybe they'll be better coming out of the bye. They came out of the bye and scored 10 points against Tennessee and lost. I mean, if they were in the NFC, I'd be right there with you. I'd be like, yeah, they got to win this game to stay on pace, but they're 12th in the AFC. Yep. They're 12th in the standings right now on top of that. They have lost to four teams that they are fighting against for, for seeding and for wild card because let's, let's be real right now. They're not winning the West, right? Like, we're not talking about that as a possibility. The Chiefs are going to do that. Or maybe, yeah, no. It's gonna, Chiefs, yeah. Chiefs I'm, are going to do that. I'm with all of you. It's a must win, but it's not for this season. For me, I'm thinking it's a must win for Russell Wilson's talent and for Russell Wilson's legacy. There is significantly more evidence that points to the fact that Russell Wilson as a football player is done than there is evidence that points to the fact that Russell Wilson is going to be better. First mark of evidence is this, Pete Carroll, Geno Smith's success. Pete Carroll and Geno Smith's success leads me to believe that, hey, maybe Pete was a bigger contributing factor to Russell Wilson's success than we were led to believe. The second factor is the Denver Broncos have talent at receiver. Jerry Judy, yes, he just got hurt, but Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, Corton Sutton. We're talking about three wide receivers drafted in the third round, second round or better. The third mark is the Denver Broncos finally have an offensive mind as head coach in Nathaniel Hackett. Now, I get it. Nathaniel Hackett's not supposed to be good, but that leads me to my fourth point. Who's to say that the next offensive mind you replace Nathaniel Hackett with will be good as well? And the fifth and final point, we never see a quarterback be good, get bad, and be good. We see quarterbacks start off rough and get better, Rich Cannon. We see quarterbacks be good and get worse, Cam Newton, Brett Favre, and really every other quarterback. But we do not see a quarterback go from good to bad to good. Russ, if you are ever going to be good again, then you can't be bad. And right now, that's all we're seeing as a football player. Coming up, Kirk Cousins versus Dak Prescott. It is the talk of the town. Two of the top teams in the NFC, quarterback by two quarterbacks that make a lot of money, got a lot of pro balls. But which quarterback is under more pressure? That's next. Speak. Go anyway. One of my favorite things to see every week is our guy, Dave Hellman's power rankings, which are on Dave where? Uh, FoxSports.com. FoxSports.com. Now, what was so interesting, I saw the Vikings at one, 
ahead of the Eagles at two, the Chiefs at three, the Dolphins four, the Bills at five. Dave Hellman, please very quickly explain yourself before Shady jumps across this table. It's all about what have you done for me lately for me. I mean, is it really that big of a knock on the Eagles to bump them one spot? Yes, I know the Vikings won that game. The Vi- or, I'm sorry, I know the Vikings lost to the Eagles. They've won seven in a row. They just beat the Bills on the road. Like, as far as who is hot right now, how do you argue against the Vikings? The Eagles are two. Does that really bum you out that much? FoxSports.com. Listen, I would do it for half the price. <laughs> I got y'all. Wherever it is. Bet, what are you I'm, talking I'm about? That's not true. Why are the Eagles not number one? Tell me why. They just played terribly and lost. So you got the Bills five? At home, right? The Bills five, right? That was in the link, right? The Bills five? Yeah, the Bills are at five. And they lost two in a row? I had the Bills at two. I dropped them down three. What do you Who's want? number one? The, 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 the Vikings? Vikings? Who beat the Vikings? That was two we, months we, ago. We didn't even beat the Vikings. That we was, whooped them. That was two... That was two months ago. That's what it was? That was two months ago. <laughs> well, okay. speaking of the Vikings, they have a huge game to, uh, on this weekend that they better win. Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, two big-time quarterbacks under big-time pressure. So now the real question, Dave, coming back to you, who's under more pressure? Is it Kirk Cousins? Is it Dak Prescott? It's Dak Prescott, and they, like I would love to hear an argument the, the other way because I, I don't you see won't it. Give it for me. I, don't, <laughs> I said earlier in the show I'll take Dak as a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins, but in terms of pressure – What pressure is Kirk Cousins under? They're 8-1. They've won seven in a row. The NFC North looks like it's already locked up. And let's be real. It's the same thing with the Eagles. How many games can you expect one team to realistically win in a row? If they have a setback in this game, to to a team with a winning record, by the way, you're really going to be like, oh, they're bums, they're frauds. It's like, ah, you know, we we were hot, and and we, we got it the other way. Now the Cowboys? They fall to six and four. Mm. Dak falls to two and three as a starter ah. when they went four and one with Cooper Rush. Mm, I told That's you. pressure, man. That's Here, pressure. Here's why I would say it's actually Kirk Cousins. One, oh. Joy, as you know, as I know, just based on social media, Vikings fans are riding this eight and one team super high. Like, speaking out against the Vikings negatively, they coming for your neck. But the real reason is, what's the narrative around Kirk? The narrative around Kirk is he's not good in prime time. This game is a legitimate primetime game. What else is the narrative oh, around Kirk? I didn't know that. The narrative around Kirk is not only is he not good in primetime, but Kirk Cousins isn't good against playoff teams. What are and who are the Dallas Cowboys? When you really start to think about the playoff picture, if the Vikings end up as a two seed and the Cowboys end up as a six, a seven seed, which currently right now that is mathematically where both of these teams are, this is a playoff preview. This is a first-round, round-one, opening playoff yeah. game, Cowboys, Vikings. This is a game. So, I'm not – is a game in Minnesota? It sure is. The game is in Minnesota. This is literally what we might witness here in about seven weeks. So, I think for Kirk Cousins there is more pressure, but I clearly am open to hearing all sides. Joy, where do you stand? Ooh, Vikings, Cowboys in the playoffs. I mean, who do you trust there? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> who do you trust in that spot? Uh, there's more pressure on Dak. Everything Dave said. It literally, for the season, this game matters more for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. They're coming off of a loss. They need to get this game. Dak needs to have a good performance. They need to start building some momentum here. The Vikings, they lose this game. Yes, it's at home, and I hear everything that you're saying. That's already the narrative on Kirk Cousins. So we just add another <laughs> loss. We just add another L to that stack. It's nothing new. This matters way more to the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys legitimately need this game to stay in the playoff picture. Ain't no way anyone in the division is catching the Vikings. They're, they have a nice, cushy lead. They can, you know, this might be why you would maybe want to pick the Cowboys in this game because there is just more pressure on them. The, the Vikings are riding high right Let now. me come back to you, though, Joy. Is there more pressure 
on the Cowboys more pressure than the Vikings or talk quarterback, quarterback? I agree wholeheartedly, much more pressure is on the Cowboys, more at stake. But when you're just talking quarterback, we have we doubt Kirk. Dak, again, always gets the benefit of the doubt. If you just isolate the variables and look exclusively at quarterback, are you still a strong Oh, no, I disagree. Stance? I think Kirk gets the benefit of the doubt. Kirk, really? Kirk, what? Kirk, his legs trying to push through that line. They were making memes before the game. Before Josh Allen was like, here, here's the game. There you go. That's for you. You just go on ahead and take that Minnesota defense. Before that happens, the memes were ready to go. I already saw it. But don't so, so we don't. We don't think Kirk Cousins won that game, no. right? Okay, so Kirk does get the benefit of the doubt. If don't that was Dak, we would not be talking about Dak won that game. We'd be talking about everyone else on the team. My thought is this, though. Don't you the think legs. the general consensus... Like my legs. The general consensus is that Dak Prescott's a better quarterback than Kirk. But Dak is not playing well right now. So if Dak That's was true. playing well and they were losing, then it would be a different conversation. So I think it is still I'm on Dak. I can use your own argument against Please you. Please do. If Dak loses this game to Kirk... The narrative is going to be, you yeah, can't even beat Kirk, Kirk Cousins? Better. You can't beat the guy who melts in the spotlight? Come on, Dak. Like, it's going to be bad for him. If, if, if Kirk Cousins, I mean, they're not on the road this time, so they won't be on a plane. But if Kirk Cousins is wearing chains and partying <laughs> at Dak Prescott's <laughs> expense, <laughs> that's a bad look. Where are you at, Shady? There's more, more pressure on Dak Prescott. I mean, we talk about Dak every day. I don't know if it's because Dave's here or just everybody you loves the know Cowboys. why. And then, like, it's America's team. There you go. It's America's team. Everybody loves the Cowboys. What about them Cowboys? So, yes, I think it's Dak Prescott. I mean, he's 2-2 two two as a starter right now this year. Cooper Rush has been balling. And, and what, 4-1 as a yeah. starter? Yeah. That's pressure right there. So, look, good luck, Dak. Who do you anticipate plays a better game? You know Dak Prescott's had his struggles this year. Kirk Cousins had his struggles last week, though they still found a way to win. Who do you anticipate picks. plays a better game? Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, Dak had a lot of picks last, last game. Uh, he I, threw the same number of picks as um, Kirk. Um, I'm going to go with ah, – because now you say it's a prime time and you and enjoy – No, it's not a prime time. Technically, it's at three. It's at – Oh, it's not. Oh, not a prime time. It's the I'm national take, game of the week, though. But it's not prime time. It's the game of the week. So, is that prime time? I'm all about the timing. Statistically, it's not prime time. I'm going with Kirk Cousins. This is, dude, this, this is one of those games that, like, I don't want to pick it. Yeah. I, I don't. You don't want to pick it. I think it's very close. It's not, it's not, this is a very even, these are two very evenly matched teams. Vikings fans would disagree that they're much better. Well, but, they, like, let's just look at the way that game went, went last week. Like, we're talking about how amazing Justin Jefferson was, right? Did you see what Justin Jefferson had to do to catch that ball? It's not like it was a dart and Justin Jefferson was like, bop, ran it in. Yeah. He had to make it. Upside down, two <laughs> fingers, pull it down like this, land like this. Two fingers. Hold just up, to hold get up, the, up, the, the catch. Like, that's like, what, up. that wasn't Kirk Cousins. Hold up, hold up. All great comebacks, they have them. You see, you ever see the classics, the football classics? It's mm-hmm. always stuff like that. So that, that's how it works. It had to go like either it's like a fumble or something or a strip sack or a like that. evenly match, Dave, because but playoff that's, I'm wise, saying that's Justin Jefferson's, not, not. Some quarterbacks want to throw that ball. He's covered. I'm not throwing it. Yeah. Not Kurt. I see you. Yeah, okay. Are you covered? Nah, he's not covered. Dave, playoff wise, there's a big <laughs> discrepancy between the two teams. I believe it's a two seed versus a six seed. Record wise, huge discrepancy between the two teams. Eight and one, six and three. Or is there a big separation between the two teams? No, I think I think they're really similar teams. I think Dallas has a slightly better defense. I think you would take uh, Minnesota's skill position, quarterback, yeah, quarterback. and then I think and quarter- game. yeah, and quarterback is basically a wash. I, and I mean, look, Dallas is a road favorite. Okay, that's what Vegas thinks. So <laughs> just to give you an idea, this is an evenly matched game. I guess I'll ride with the Cowboys because at this point, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, coming up, remember that (laughs) headbutt Baker Mayfield gave all of his teammates? 
Well, he actually talked about these wild antics. Baker, what are you doing? You don't get a concussion. Smart guy right there, smart. Coming up, we're going to give you our thoughts. That's next. Speak. Let's go, Zach. Baker Mayfield went viral last week for all the wrong reasons. Headbutting a teammate without a helmet on. That was towards the end of the Panthers' win. He spoke about it. Baker, speak up, yo. I've always done that. and just so happy to get caught on camera. I've done that since college. And I love this game. I love, I love my teammates. We, we work too hard not to enjoy it. Um, yeah, a good headbutt every once in a while goes a long way. That's a lie. I watched Baker Mayfield in college, and I've never seen him do it without a helmet on. With the helmet on, I've seen him. I love that. I love that. You know, come on. Like, that's cool to see, man. What part? It's like him talking about his teammates. They work hard together. It's like I, a, I like a QB that's one of the guys. Oh, know? man. I yeah. love that. No, no I lost Joe. I lost Joe. What's that movie? Blue, uh, the football movie, Blue something. What did Harbaugh say? What do you say? We know what to expect from Baker Mayfield. <laughs> like, come on like that. I have, listen, can I have with you guys? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, we'll see y'all next time. Great I need time. all these brain cells. But we uh, teammates, like how are we